Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm host Dale Spangler, and in this episode, my guest is Mike Wikowski, professional off-road racer for the Phoenix Racing Honda Team. This episode is brought to you by Moto America. See the fastest racing on two wheels. It's Moto America Superbikes at New Jersey, September 22nd through the 24th, with six racing classes, including Superbikes and the ever-popular King of the Baggers Championships. Meet the riders and teams in the open race paddock or choose from available VIP and camping packages for the ultimate fan experience. It's Moto America Superbikes in New Jersey, September 22nd through the 24th. Reserve your tickets and camping spot today by visiting MotoAmerica.com. Mike Witkowski, welcome to Pit Pass Moto. I guess I should say welcome back. I think you might have been on the show some years ago before I came to the show, but how are you today, Mike, and uh, what's been happening? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast, but yeah, just uh, finished up some riding for the day and then jumped on with you guys. So it'd be interesting to uh, see what we get into. Yeah, it's, I was actually thinking back and I was like, it's been a while since I've actually even talked to you from my time at WPS and Fly, and I think you were a Fly athlete there for a while, and so, God, it has has to be like probably six, seven years since we've actually even talked, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I ever talked to you on the phone or anything or, or whatnot or seen you, seen you in person. Maybe not. <laughs> it's been a while, and then you actually helped me a lot back in the, the Fly days when uh, no one knew anything about me, and you, you jumped on board, so that was awesome. Yeah. I always enjoyed that, you know, part of, you know, looking for riders and, and connecting. Like to me, it was always more about like having someone that's a nice person, that's genuine to their fans and is a good racer too. And I felt like you were one of those guys. And so like, I don't know, it seems like that was, that was always one of my focuses when I was, you know, building a race team is to, to have well-rounded racers and riders. Right. Yeah. No, I think you did a good job back then. You had a, I mean, honestly, a bunch of good dudes. Stu Baylor was even on the same kind of gear deal or whatever you want to say team yeah. as I was, which was, I, I was hanging around him a lot then. So it was cool. Yeah. Just uh, had a bunch of good people and that helped build some good relationships. Absolutely. So how was your, uh, how was the summer break for you? You're just coming off of like, you know, this weekend's the next round in West Virginia for GNCC. And did you do anything fun during the off time or just kind of focus on training and, you know, the next round? I, uh, saw this summer as an opportunity to make strides if I could. I mean, the beginning of the year didn't go as planned. Obviously, switching teams and stuff was, it was really tough. And the new bike and all that kind of stuff was an adjustment. So obviously, like I came in the summer break, I uh, just kind of wanted to keep going and, you know, make any improvements I could. I worked uh, actually really hard this summer, which was kind of a change because in years past, I would take about a month off and then the last month I would get back into it and then start racing again for the last four. But no, it's been a good summer. I just joined Josh Strings like training group with the, all the Aussies. So the intensity has been high and the group's honestly been awesome and funny and make the days go a lot, a lot better. Yeah. It's gotta be good when you get like a good vibe with your teammates or just, just other guys you're training with, because I think it probably helps motivate each other. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's days when you're just like, you know what, I just don't really feel like doing any of this today, you know, but then yeah. you get people like that that are just kind of pushing you that much more and vice versa. No, no, it's, it's what I needed. I was down in South Carolina pretty much by myself and would ride a lot by myself and 
pretty much came to a conclusion like if I want to, you know, get better, I need to make a change. So I decided to move up to North Carolina where they are, join that group, which I'm thankful he, uh, you know, he let me come. And uh, yeah, just moved everything here. And back to what you're saying, it's it makes uh, the days a lot better. But there is days where you're like maybe the slowest guy and you're like regretting a lot of things. <laughs> but it's part of it. It makes you a good rider. Yeah, for sure. At least you kind of know where you're at probably with your pace too. You know, I like come into this weekend being around fellow racers like that, you know, you're hanging in there. You're like, okay, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. And did I also see where you, you kind of like went back up towards Indiana and like maybe did race some local races too, just to kind of, I don't know, maybe do like a mental reset or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if some people don't know, I'm obviously from Indiana. Yep. And uh, my brother and friends live in Michigan. So uh, probably about once a year, I go up there for like, yeah, like what you said, a mental reset and do a couple races and um, just kind of enjoy it because it's honestly, it's so nice up there. The conditions, the riding and everything is, it's unreal. So it's uh, also a fair bit cooler up there than it is in the Carolinas in the summer. But <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I do once once a year, just to reset everything, like you said, and get things going. Yeah, sometimes you just need that. It seems like, I mean, I thought it was cool when Cooper Webb sort of took that break, you know, from the, I think it was maybe last year and you just went and like rode local races and did a J-Day, you know, like up in New England. And it was just sort of like getting back to the roots of why we all ride motorcycles and kind of getting that sort of like excitement smile back on your face. We all know it can get to become a little bit too much of a job sometimes, probably where you just need to kind of break yourself out of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of guys, you know, like summer break, they take it and they take a mental reset. And um, I know like Strang went over, went back home to Oz and had like a full month there. And he came back, I think, rejuvenated. And actually, if you look at a lot of the pro guys, I think they do that, except maybe super motocross guys and all that. They probably don't get a break like we do, but um, I think it helps. Yeah. It's getting to be the super motocross thing. It's getting to be where it's going to be almost year round now. Where's I don't see there being much downtime, if at all. Right. That's yeah. It's pretty brutal for them, honestly. But in <laughs> yeah. return, they make uh, good money. So yeah, they, they that is the it. cool part. The money is just like I felt like that whole world supercross, super motocross thing. You know, like whatever you want to call it, tension. But it, I think it's helping the riders in the end. So you know, good all around. Well, let's talk about your GNCC season though, because it seems like you're definitely one of those people, like a guy like you and Ryder Lafferty, who both have wins this year. Like, I feel like you're both title contenders, but for some reason, it just, you know, hasn't been able to happen for you. They're like in the last two years, it seems like you've been in there, but just maybe haven't had the consistency and maybe struggle with some injuries and maybe some other health issues. Yeah, it's been tough the last couple years. In 2020, was probably my best season. Uh, I came down to the last race between me and DeLong. Uh, for the title, obviously I fell short, but um, had a really good run that year, and then came into twenty one. I won the first round, and then had a pretty good season, but I ended up just tanking myself and getting uh, kind of like an Epstein Bar type deal. So that kind of derailed that season, and then the, honestly, that carried into you know most of that year, and then took some time off. Coming into twenty two. Won the first three in a row, and I was really thinking that would be my year to win the title. And then uh, I'm not really sure what happened middle of the season or whatnot, but it just didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. And um, yeah, it's just been tough for me to, I guess, string a full year together. But I've been trying to just, I guess, surround myself with the right people and learn and learn from the guys that've been, you know, in it for such a long time. And uh, see where I went wrong and kind of what I'm 
trying to do for next year. Not too worried about, obviously, this year's a wash. And then um, just try to do really well these last last three. Well, yeah, you're, I mean, talking about these health issues, like I think it's pretty common in any form of dirt bike, off-road racing. It seems like that Epstein bar is always kind of lingering there, especially on the pro level where you guys train so ridiculously hard these days to where you're probably always on that tipping point of like your body being run down to the point where this Epstein bar type stuff starts creeping in. As hard as you guys train, it has to be hard to stay healthy for an entire year. I mean, whether it's, you know, broken bones or something like this where your, you know, your immune system gets worn down. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, for me, it's usually been just getting sick rather than major injuries, which is a shame. So I feel like I can, I can fix that part, but it's tough when the Epstein type deal comes up because once you have it, it doesn't really go away. So it can flare up here and there and then kind of feel not on your A game, which is tough. Obviously, I've always felt like I might not be the fastest guy, but I'll definitely outwork all these guys if I can. You know, it has worked out in the past, but it wasn't sustainable for the whole season, unfortunately. But yeah, live and learn. Yeah, well, it sounds like connecting with these other riders. And I don't know if you might have mentioned you have a different trainer maybe too, where just trying some different regimens, it sounds like you're just kind of fine-tuning and finding what works for you. Yeah, pretty much. Obviously, like I said, I linked up with Strang's group and he's got a lot of wisdom and just kind of trusting that. And just seeing it this summer has been, uh, it's been good. Been cool to see how they do things. And obviously there's other guys I'm racing against, so. It's just interesting, and uh, I feel like in this sport, you never you never stop learning. It's crazy how that works, but you can feel like you're winning races and this and that, and then a m- month or two later, you're uh, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's tough. Rug can get yanked out pretty quickly, can it? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, despite all that, like this year, you took the win at the Ironman race in May, and I mean, and that just. You know, despite all that hardship, I mean, I, I would imagine something like that, a situation like that where you're on the top step of the podium in front of your friends and family, and it's got to be worth, make it worth it. You know, even though you might have been felt like, man, this has been a tough, you know, whatever year since your last win. I mean, I, I imagine that makes it go away pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, that was that was probably one of my best like wins to my career, honestly, just because of uh, just how tough the beginning of the season was. The team's been awesome, but you know I wanted to reward them with what they deserve. And the other two guys on the team were doing really well, and I was kind of struggling a bit. But I found some things with the bike, and then I was comfy again. And you know, to finally get a win at my home race was unreal. And I had a actually one of my brothers come that hasn't been to a race in years, so that was special to have him there. And my whole family actually was there, so it was it was a special moment to finally get another win even though I feel like I I should be a title contender but sometimes you just gotta step back and be thankful for these small victories yeah well when it does finally happen I'm sure you're just gonna be like it was all worth it you know it's just <laughs> that, that all that stuff just goes away you know like it's just amazing how that happens you know same thing with injuries I feel like you might break some major bone and then you're like oh this is it I'm done with this you know and then two months later you're going man I'm ready to get back on the bike already because it's just it's just how it is it gets in you and I don't know it's just something about it <laughs> no, no, you're right. It's like I've felt like that when I got sick. I'm like, uh, I'm over this, <laughs> and then uh, not even much longer. I'm I'm back in it and super eager to you know do well and see what I can do. Well, you also raced some uh, national enduro and some U.S. sprint rounds, and 
Are, is there kind of aspirations to win both of those titles eventually, or is it just kind of more just something to help you work on your speed, do something a little different? Because they seem like they're so different, you know, all three series between National Enduro, Sprint Enduro, and GNCC, they're all kind of unique in their own way. Yeah, they're definitely unique. Um, for us, our team, we, we focus on GNCC only. But uh, we can do secondary series if we want. And um, I did the, I think the first five or so rounds of the National Enduros this year. And then um, Cody Barnes did the U.S. Sprint. Same with uh, Rui. So we can kind of pick between those two. But as far as like myself, I enjoyed the, I guess the Enduros better. The Sprint Enduros, I felt like maybe not as much riding. And um, since I was kind of on my own the beginning of the year, I needed as much seat time and racing as I could. So I felt like that was a good good avenue for me, and it helped mainly. Just I kind of struggled with uh, what it was reading trail. Yeah. So yeah, obviously those you don't know the track, you go into it blind, and it's it's really tough. Obviously, but got better and better at those. Um, I think I got second at the first round, and then kind of was wishy washy. Obviously, we went to like Texas, and I was yeah. felt like a fish out of water there. It was, <laughs> it was like desert land. It was crazy, but but no, it's it's good. I haven't done the last couple just because we decided to focus more on GNC now. But I think it's a a good series and keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it helps make you better. You know, like more well rounded rider. Those different aspects where you never know when you're going to come up to a situation where like, oh, good thing I rode that desert stuff in Texas and because it's super rocky and dry or whatever. You know? right. So have you done any of the uh, extreme Enduros? Because I mean, that's a real unique one there. I feel like that's a, <laughs> that's a different planet. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. But I think it'd be cool if you had, the, I guess, the right bike for it. Yeah. Like maybe one year I would try to do like TKO or something like that, but. Jordan Ashburn, I ride with him a fair bit and he has like the perfect playground for that. So it'd be cool for sure. But I'm kind of a short guy, so I might struggle on that. You're like, yeah, I think I'll pass on that one. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On those GNCC tracks though, like they've been using a lot of those for so many years. I mean, how, like they just have to be so gnarly these days. Like what are those things like? Dude, they're, uh, they're beat up for sure. But I think <laughs> we ride, obviously we ride a lot of the same trail each year. Though we reverse it sometimes, but we were talking today actually at the track. We're like, man, it's just year after year, it just gets beat down, and so it just gets this hard base. And obviously, like there's holes and like roots and rocks and whatever else. But like we had a new track, let's say like three years ago, super ruddy, awesome conditions, and then like obviously this year we went back, and it was just like kind of like riding on concrete because it's you know it just gets beat down. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, as a whole, like the tracks are gnarly because by the time we we get to them, um, so many racers have done lap after lap on it. But it's tough to like show the the fans, I guess, that are watching it on Racer TV or, or whatnot, like how tough the track really is. Because maybe on motocross or supercross, you can see on TV better. But as far as ours goes, it's a little tough to see. Yeah, they've done a pretty good job with the drones, though, which has been such a cool addition to the Racer TV coverage of GNCC, where, you know, you don't get to see all the time, but at least you kind of see how sprawling the the circuits are. And like the roughness, though, like I would imagine it's gotten to the point where like year after year now, you're like, oh, I remember that rock from last year, like an old friend or something. Yeah, no, it's, you're right, dude. It's like we had the same rock gardens or... It's, it's just tough to set a bike up like consistently for the 13 miles or however long it is. It's, it might be good in one area, but it's not ideal in a, another. So that's, that's a battle in itself. We'll get back to the conversation in one moment. 
But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You mentioned already that you have moved over to the Phoenix Honda team. So, I mean, would you say this year has kind of been just sort of a building year for you in a way? Are you signed for multiple years with them? Yeah, I'm, I'm signed up for next year and uh, so forth. So I knew it would be tough uh, this first year learning the bike. And once I got it figured out, I knew we'd be good, which was, you know, at the Ironman one is kind of when the time frame we got it figured out. But no, they've been awesome. And uh, to be truthful, it's probably the best team I've been on in my career thus far. So that's exciting. And I hope uh, to be with them, you know, for the long term. Yeah, it seems like from what, you know, some of the interviews I read with you, like over on Race or the GNCC website, you know, it's just like, you seem like you've really gelled with the team and you found like a happy place. And and then you add in that Josh Strang riding group. I feel like you're probably in a pretty good place coming into the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. And uh, like you said, I'm around really good people. Um, I moved up to North Carolina and the race shop is actually a lot closer to me now. So I can go see the guys and uh, get the bike tuned up, practice bike or whatever, whatever I need. And, you know, they're they're awesome and real helpful. So but as a whole, it's it's been a a good change, I could say. Yeah, because you grew up, like you said, you grew up in Indiana. So how long have you been down in the Carolinas? And that was kind of like a career move to move down there? Because that really does seem like SoCal uh, to some degree. You know, it's, it's kind of turning into Florida, but it's still kind of the mecca for motocross brands and companies. And now it seems like the Carolinas were where a lot of the off-road guys seem to live. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that live here just in the Carolinas. Actually, all the I would say all the top guys are either in North Carolina or South Carolina. But We've got a lot of good tracks here, good woods, um, good moto tracks. Yeah, I'm obviously from Indiana, but I moved down here, I think, in 2019 or 2020. So basically, the reason I went to South Carolina was for the Yamaha team I was on for three years. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. They were based out of Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, and that's where I moved. So I was there for about three years. And then this summer, I just just came up here closer to the, the new team. Well, I'm curious to know, it says you started racing when you're four years old, which is incredible to me because like, I think I was 12 when I started, but that's a long career, you know, like where you're probably mid-20s now, or your early 20s. Yeah, uh, I just turned 25 this year. Yeah, I mean, when you think, I mean, that's a long career already. I mean, I'm, I'm always curious to know, like, you know, like you see like a motocross rider that's like an Adam Cincerillo, who's same thing. He's had a career, long career already at a young age. And so the same thing for you. Does that have any kind of impact on your you know, how you look at things? Because, you know, you've been doing this, you can say, pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Like, obviously, everyone says you make a lot of sacrifices, like your childhood and all that, which is super true. But honestly, it's totally worth it just to chase your dream as long as you can. You know, I look back all the time, like, I kind of grew up in a small town, in Indiana, and it's just cool to see how far you can make it if, you know, you put your mind to it. So I'm, you know, really thankful for my family for just getting me to where I am now, which is, um, takes a lot. And before you have these rides and this and that, the parents have to fork out a lot of money. As everyone knows, it's, it's not easy. So 
especially I had brothers and stuff. We all race. But yeah, it's it's just really cool to see where we are now. If I remember correctly, your brother Alex, I think he might have been sponsored when I was, you know, we were talking about when I was at Fly. I think he was, is he still racing too? He just races like here and there. He lives up in Michigan now, but oh, okay. I think he was a fly rider actually. Yeah, I think I was both of you guys. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he was actually really good. He is still talented on a bike. But yeah, he just uh, went a different path not too long ago and is doing well for himself. So can't complain with that. Tell me the story behind, because I feel like everybody has a story behind their race number. So tell me about 282. Yeah, so that number is just honestly off my AMA card. It's the last three. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's how my uh, my dad, so when we were younger, obviously I had that number my whole like racing career, but my dad just was like, yep, we're going to use these last three off the AMA card. So that was like mine, my brothers, and so forth. But yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever changed it. Maybe like some years I would shorten it to like 28, but um, it's always been 282. I think one of my first numbers too, now that you mentioned it, because like my AMA card was like, I still, I don't know how I remember this to this day. It's like 188087. So I had 087. I remember that when that was a thing back in, in the early 80s, people put a zero in front of their number. You know? so, <laughs> so that's how you did it. Like, sounds like that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people were like, man, how'd you get that number? I'm like, honestly, dude, it's just off my AMA card. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, um, if you weren't racing off-road dirt bikes, is there something else? Like, what would you be doing? I mean, it's tough to say. I'm honestly like a, I want to say like an entrepreneur. Like, I'm really intrigued with the whole business side. My brother Alex is actually in that right now. And it's it's intriguing to listen to what he has going on. And obviously, after, you know, I can't race, I'll be into like something like what he's in now. So I'm just like learning as we go. But yeah, I guess that's something I'm super interested in. Yeah, didn't you have for a little while your own team? Like, was it like AC Racing or something like that? Yeah, so I, I when I was like super young, maybe like 12, 13, I started this clothing brand called uh, Acer. It was spelled a little different than the computer. So it was like A-S-E-R. And I, I actually sponsored like Thad Duvall, Steven Squire, if you remember him. Yeah, oh yeah. And all these kind of guys. And I was like super young and they're, uh, they loved it. And then uh, I kind of made like a little side team out of that because obviously like me and my brother, we thought it was cool and we were just trying to make a name out of it. So, but yeah, that was kind of the backstory too. Yeah, well, you never know, you know, down the road. Well, what's next for Mike Witkowski? Uh, you know, what's what's in the plans for, I guess, the near future and future? I mean, I imagine you probably want to eventually kind of graduate up to XC1 and kind of go in that direction. Yeah, so obviously I'm with the team for, you know, next year. And we're trying to uh, go up to XC1 just because I think it's, it's time. I don't have a championship in XC2, but truthfully, uh, I think I can ride the bigger bike a little bit better. So... That would be a cool, cool avenue to go down and just see how we do and just mix it up with those guys. Obviously, they're most of them are veterans. Yeah, I raced along a year or two ago and it'd be cool. Like our class is a bunch of young kids and uh, it can get pretty wild. So I think <laughs> I'm kind of entering the, the maybe the veteran stage and I need to, to move up soon. Well, yeah, seeing how Craig DeLong did, you know, this year. He's doing just amazing. So I just feel like, you know, you're in that same sort of, like you said, you're battling, you know, for that championship. 
you know, just a few years ago. So, I mean, if you, you know, feel like you can ride the bike better, that makes a whole lot of sense. So is that going to happen next year for sure then? Or are you just uh, considering it? No, that's, uh, that's the plan right now. Um, we're still kind of figuring some things out and think I'm going to start testing uh, a 450 soon just to get the ball rolling. And if that's something we are going to do next year, then at least I'll be ready, which I'm excited about. Like if I can get a, get a head start and, you know, be ready to enter, you know, the main class, I think that would be prior best, best option. You mentioned a little bit already earlier, but I think, you know, like coming into this weekend, it's all about just going for wins, probably close out your 250, you know, like XC2 career with some race wins, I assume. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go for it and do the best we can. And obviously, this next one is super rocky, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. But um, I would like to win the, the last three if we can, you know, put a stamp on it. <laughs> It'd be nice. Well, Mike, you know, really appreciate you coming on today and, uh, you know, spending some time with us here on Pit Pass. And uh, if there's any last words or people you want to thank right now, uh, uh, this will be the moment to do that. Thanks to my team and sponsors and stuff for supporting this whole journey. Makes it awesome. And thanks to you guys for letting me, letting me come on and speak a bit and maybe uh, get my name out there a little more. Well, good luck this coming weekend, Mike, and uh, all the best on a, the rest of your year. And looking forward to seeing you on a, on a 450 next year in XC1. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode follow pit pass moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode and if you have a moment please rate or review our show we'd greatly appreciate it you can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmotorsports.com where you can listen to the past episodes and check out the new pit pass motorsports blog powered by podium life featuring articles and industry news focused exclusively on two-wheel and four-wheel motorsports Head to pitpassmotorsports.com to check it out. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.